Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Ruel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. September is a pivotal time to pause, get organized, declutter our lives, and plan for the future, whether for the next few months, the next several years, or our retirement. But getting organized is not so easy for most of us when we're trying to balance the hectic daily demands of family and friends, school, work, household tasks, and social obligations. Not to mention the temporary states of disorganization and clutter we experience when we're faced with major disruptions like the loss of a loved one or a change in job or work schedule. In today's episode, we talk with Anne-Marie Brogan and Marie Limpert, professional organizers and experts in the field of decluttering, space maximization, and life management strategies. They are co-owners of Organize Me of New York, LLC, and co-authors of a pragmatic, plain-spoken book, Beyond Tidy, Declutter Your Mind and Discover the Magic of Organized Living. Anne-Marie and Marie will not only elaborate their eight principles to help you declutter and organize effectively, but also how to create a positive mindset that keeps you motivated and focused on solution. They'll demonstrate how organization and disorganization can impact your home, relationships, quality of life, and your overall well-being. And they'll tell us how to plan for obstacles and stay resilient through the organizing process. So now let's meet our guests, Anne-Marie Brogan and Marie Limpert. Anne-Marie and Marie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank, thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure to have you. So organizing is something that we all can use and reuse, and it's 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 a constant challenge for many of us. Um, and yet it's not something we were trained to do. We're not prepared to do it. And even you two, I mean, I'm sure you didn't go to college thinking, Oh, I think I'll be, we'll be professional organizers. So, so let's just do a quick recap with with each of you. I'll start with you, Marie, and just about well, how did you get into this field? Both of you have eclectic backgrounds, and and then how did you meet up? Hey, well, thank you very much for having me, um, and Amory, and uh, we essentially have been friends for many years. We started out uh, back in college days. Um, and uh, in terms of our backgrounds, you know, we both have business degrees and um, had corporate backgrounds, you know, just dealing with, you know, corporate America in general. And uh, once we started having children, we had both made the commitment to be at home. And we slowly or quickly, I should say, realized that, you know, things were getting a little bit challenging with trying to, I had two very close children back to back 14 months apart Amory's mm. daughter also was in between my two that were born and um it basically was like this ongoing thing where we both just started chatting up like you know how are you doing this how are you doing that how do you how are you keeping you know the first floor in check how are you keeping the toys in check how are you keeping these little humans from getting into everything you know so and as they got older we just changed with them and changed, you know, once they got into school, it was like, all right, now we're dealing with school papers and artwork and things like that, you know, the abundance of should what should I keep? What should I not keep? And um, slowly but surely, we started getting a knack for having to, you know, deal with all of that. And um, it actually became something where we started talking to, you know, our friends about and 
little by little, it turned out that a, a dear friend of ours had an or, uh, had a design business, and she actually just threw us right into it because she had um, a friend of hers, a client of hers, actually, who needed some help with organization. And before you knew it, it was kind of like we were just thrown into it and we didn't have a name. We didn't have business cards. We didn't have any kind of a business plan or concepts. And we just kind of went naturally into it. And, you know, it kind of, uh, you know, morphed from there into mm -hmm. uh, business for the last 16 years. Wow. 16 years. And Anne-Marie, you've, you've had uh, an eclectic background too. Uh, talk a little bit about that. And then from there, how you uh, folks uh, wrote the book. Well, we, um, like Marie said, I had a background in market. I had a marketing degree mm -hmm. and I was in corporate America and the two of us, we were very organized in our careers. So it was quite a shock to have this, you know, especially I have one daughter. I mean, sometimes she felt like five, but mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. with one daughter and I couldn't understand why like toys were everywhere and, and why I, I, I wasn't showered at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was like, I managed so many seemingly difficult processes and people and managed deadlines. Why couldn't I do this? That's how I, I kind of felt. And that was kind of hard. Um, I never thought of it as a career. Cause like you mentioned, you know, particularly back then that just wasn't, that wasn't offered as a career. Mm -hmm. We couldn't have selected it even if we wanted to. Um, but we did know that we wanted to pick up the kids from school and, that's really what the ticket was. It's like, what can we do? If Marie and I had gone back to our careers, it was very full-time overtime, and we would not have had that time with our children. And we were fortunate to be in a position where we could stay home, and we wanted to take advantage of that. Um, we did this for many years. Um, we did this until, so until 2018, that's when our kids, the well, Marie's youngest and my daughter were going off to college. And then it was like, okay, so do we want to continue on with this or do we want to, you know, thank it for what it was and do something else? And so we were at a little bit of a crossroads. We were going to have that discussion and I had wanted to go back to school. I had wanted to uh, get a master's degree. I had not gotten my master's earlier on. Um, that's a longer story for another time, mm -hmm. but I was looking into education, furthering my education. And I was looking for... Uh, a master's in positive psychology mm -hmm. or spiritual psychology, something other, something that was different. Mm -hmm. And I found the master's program at Penn, but it was so much money at the time. And my daughter was going off to college. I said, that's not doable. But I found a certificate in positive psychology, applied positive psychology, and that was doable. Mm -hmm. And so that really led me on a, a completely different path. And although I did that for my own personal development, I did not go into that with the intention of tying it to organizing. I kept sitting there week after week in class and I'm going, oh my goodness, this is what my clients are going through. Oh my goodness, I have to tell Marie, this is what's happening. And all of a sudden there was language and science to back up the very real challenges that our clients were facing. Right. But the good news also was I had a better understanding of it. And even though we continued to teach a lot of the same things that we always did, now, again, there was there was a, a, like further validation of the direction that we were taking and the way they supported it. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, obviously with any kind of education, it does help you to refine what you've already done, to take what's already good and to kind of build upon it. And so we started incorporating techniques and strategies and also just how to speak to them Mm -hmm. and to normalize for them. This is okay. This is natural. And also, guess what? There is no organizing gene. There, there, the brain doesn't work that way. The brain is malleable. And here's how we can take you from where you are to where you want to go. Right. And so that kind of revitalized that. And so after I did that, I, you know, I took two more certifications. I became a credentialed life coach through the ICF. I'm a resilience trainer. I, I took, I studied mind body skills, which also mm-hmm. comes into play with our clients. And so we've just integrated a lot of different things and merged it with what was already working. Yeah. Uh, You know, I found it interesting reading a book because, uh, you know, there there are lots of words that are integrated that you don't think about just about being organized. So there's the issue of resilience you mentioned. There's mindset. There's hope. You know, there's positive, you know, thinking. And so I I found this, you know, this sort of philosophy organizing interesting. And uh, perhaps each of you can talk about, you know, first of all, how that fits into the the title, Beyond Tidy. And then a little bit, you know, each of you just talk a little bit about your views on on mindset as to what that means. So maybe, uh, Marie, you can pick up with the title and then, Anne-Marie, you can chip in and talk about a little bit more about mindset. Sure. Um, Well, when we were first approached about the book, it was uh, really a different road or a different mm-hmm. path that they wanted to go on. And uh, really being organized is not about being tidy. So, but they were, you know, pretty, um, you know, animate about having the word tidy in our title. So this is your publisher. Of, right. Yes. So we mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, decided that, all right, well, it's really beyond tidy, right? So discover your mind, you know, declutter your mind and discover the magic of organized living. So, you know, the more we started thinking about it, you know, it really goes beyond just straightening up, just trying to get things in their homes or what you think their homes are. So our concept is about, you know, we try to teach people and teaching is a real big part, um, gratification and uh, motivation from that, you know, and the idea is, you know, we try to, incumbent you know make it incumbent upon the person to understand not only what to do but how not only what to do but why we're asking them to do a a specific thing so that they can you know understand how it will impact their life and make things a little bit more simpler for next time you know so it really became a very simple concept of being able to find what you need very easily without any stress without any you know, concept of like, you know, why can't I do this type of thing? So um, it, uh, it, that's, it kind of morphed then from that into, all right, well, what are the principles that we teach? And with that, we started developing, all right, well, we always talk about this, 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 and this. And it just so happened that we had so much to say that each principle, we have eight, each principle really became a chapter in and of itself in the book, you know, so it was very easy to kind of, you know, sit there and have a concept of what to say, because we've been saying it all along, we've been doing it and teaching it and reinforcing right. it with our, our organizing abilities with, with people uh, all yeah. the time. Now, before we actually give uh, folks a, a sample of these principles, 
I want to go back, Anne-Marie, to some of what thing you mentioned to me earlier about mindset and just um, you know the notion of uh, what you call a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset and how that fits into your philosophy of helping people get organized. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, a growth mindset, learning about growth mindset and fixed mindset was one of my personal ahas that was a game changer for me in my personal life. And recognizing that you can have a growth mindset in some areas and still have a fixed mindset in others. And when you become aware of that, it really, that's the first step. Because awareness is the first step in any kind of significant and sustainable change. You have to understand what it is that you might want to work on. So the difference between growth and fixed mindset. So if you have a fixed mindset, it means that you think talent and ability are exactly as it sounds fixed that you're either born with these talents these skills this knowledge or you're not you either have it or you don't and so if somebody comes to us and they believe they were not born with an organizing gene there are some people that really believe that there's something inherent i'm either born with it or i'm not if they come to us and they already believe that's they're going to score low on hope right, mm-hmm, right. and they're going to so if you don't honestly believe that something can change, then it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you're going to think, why bother? What? It doesn't matter because I don't have it. And so right off the bat, it's very important for us to talk about growth mindset and what that means and why that's a better thing to develop in terms of change. Mm-hmm. And we sprinkle in very, very basic neuroplasticity, which sounds like a big, scary word. Um, But neuroplasticity, which, by the way, is a very recent discovery in like the last maybe three decades, scientists discovered that the brain can grow. It is not fixed. We're constantly creating new neural pathways. And well into our 90s, we can still learn and grow. If you know, if you have dedicated practice, if you have a sincere desire to learn, we and repetition like anything else it's habit formation and when you have a growth mindset what's really key is that you don't view setbacks as personal failures so you don't get bogged down in all that negativity that embarrassment or that that feeling of i'm not worthy or i'm not capable you view it as an opportunity to grow as a learning experience you say okay what did work what didn't work and how can I make some tweaks and then try again? And so that keeps the mindset positive. And when you have positive emotions, like positive emotions broaden and build, it allows you to zoom out the lens. It allows you to see possibilities that negative thinking doesn't because negative emotions and negative thinking, it narrows our focus. And we sometimes don't see what's right in front of us this allows us to zoom out the lens and say okay what is possible how can i take the next step organizing is trial and error right so you never want to say okay i tried it didn't work i just don't have it because once you do that then people become almost paralyzed right they almost become to the point of complete inaction yeah yeah so i I think that's interesting because i think people don't really make that connection they just think I'm or, as you said before, I'm either organized or I'm not, or I'm I'm kind of organized. I'm organized enough. They don't look at it as in terms of a, a growth process of and and some something that you constantly develop and and challenge yourself. And you need to believe that you can do it. It's true because I think a lot of people just say, 
I'm just not organized. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll cede that to to my my spouse. You know, my wife is organized. I'm not organized. You know, and I think unfortunately, I think people do that. I think they cede the responsibility for organizing to if they're not that organized to other people. Like, well, they'll keep me organized. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just you know let go of that. Um, well, we um, tell each other, we tell we tell ourselves stories. Mm-hmm. You know, where my teacher calls us homo narrativus. We're story making people. Mm-hmm. We we create these stories, and sometimes we live out those stories, even though even when those stories don't serve us necessarily. Right. So when we talk about neuroplasticity, and we say, "But that's not how the brain works," that shakes people in the beginning. Oh. Because, oh, that's not, you know, so what what is the story we want to write for ourselves? The actual story is if you're willing to take make the commitment and take the plunge and to do the work, you can get organized. And that gets very exciting for people when they embrace that because they never thought of themselves as organized. And also that's another thing too, and Marie will attest to this. Mm-hmm. How many of our clients, Marie, wound up being more organized than they thought they were? Mm-hmm. They were surprised to find yeah. out. They weren't as disorganized as they thought. Right. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to uh, come to a break shortly, folks. Um, but so after the break, on the other side of the break, we'll talk more about some of the specific principles uh, that fit into what a lot of people know as the, the notion of SMART, the acronym SMART. Um, but uh, we have a lot more to talk about. So, folks, uh, we're going to take a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be talking much more with Anne-Marie Brogan and Marie Limpert after the break. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, 
please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with professional organizers and decluttering experts, Marie Limpert and Anne-Marie Brogan. They are co-owners of Organize Me of New York, LLC, and co-authors of Beyond Tidy, Tidy, Declutter Your Mind and Discover the Magic of Organized Living. So before the break, we were talking quite a bit about the philosophy of uh, their organizing principles. Um, and uh, now I want to I, I want to uh, ask them to talk a little bit about their eight principles of organizing. You know, just give a smattering of them. Uh, obviously, you can the, eat. There's a chapter in their book for each of the principles, so you can read much more about them, much more in depth in, in the book. But just give a give a few samples of some of the you know organizing because I think that one of the things we talked about is that. You know, organizing people have a, a very vague notion of what it was, and you give some specificity. To, like here, are eight basic principles. So let's talk about some of them. I don't, you want to start, Marie or Anne Marie? Either one. Go ahead. Sure. Um, you know, there's there's so many things that people kind of discredit from the beginning. Um, a lot of it is understanding why they want a specific space to be organized. You know, um, and what happened? What tends to happen is is they they look at the stuff of what they are trying to get rid of, but they don't necessarily have a vision for how they want that space to look. So that's actually one of our major principles that we do try to stress in the beginning when we're talking to people about what they want their space to look like. And we try to get very specific with them because, you know, too many people will just be like, I want my house organized, or they'll say, you know, I want my bedroom organized. Well, that in and of itself, is that enough? It's really because there could be so many different parts of that room that or that home that need to be organized. So uh, typically understanding what their vision is, like what they want that space to look like. Is it going to be a private space? Is it going to be a communal space for you know that person and their family? Who's going to be involved in the organizing process? You know, is it something that you're going to do as you know, the parent or the the wife or the husband or whatever, the homeowner, you know, do you have other people that live with you that are going to contribute to keeping that organization, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those factors come into play when we talk about that, you know? Um, so in, in doing that, the, there's an acronym that we talk about in the book, which is very common in the business world. And I mean, at least that's how I was introduced to it as a, as a sales manager and, and going through my my marketing degree is SMART. It's an acronym that, you know, there's different words that can stand for each letter, but basically S, having specific goals that you want, be very specific in what you want to say. Uh, M, have it be measurable, you know, like what is the, um, what what is it specifically that you're looking to do? For example, if we use um, the example of perhaps you know, organizing a bedroom, just saying alone, I just, I want to organize my bedroom is not enough. What specifically do you want to organize? Is it your clothing? Is it all the paper clutter that might be on the dressers? Is it that little corner that has a whole bunch of eclectic things that really don't belong in your bedroom that, you know, need to go somewhere else in the home, but you just don't have room for it, or you don't know where it goes because the, the homes are not there. Um, you know, so it's really about being very specific and in and, and, and that in that way. Um, a and R kind of go hand in hand, having it be attainable and reasonable. So you want your goals to be, you know, um, again, I, I 
I don't want to say, you know, uh, I want to organize my entire house. I, and you want it to be attainable and reasonable to say, all right, well, you know, if I am doing this, is it something that I can do within this time frame? You know, can I do it within, um, you know, is it something that's going to be an ongoing project? Is it something that I might need to do in stages? You know, and that's where people like will tend to give up if they start a project and realize that, okay, I don't have enough time. They didn't, you know, put in the 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 T in it, which is being timely. They didn't put the T in there to, to consider, all right, well, how much time will this project take? And then they get discouraged because it doesn't get done. And basically they put it all back together. They do the best that they can at that moment. And then it just kind of, you know, sits back, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, Amory, you could probably tied a little bit better than I did in terms of, you know, why that is, but um, in terms of a mindset perspective. Well, I mean, when we talk about attainable and realistic, it's just, you know, sometimes people take on things that are beyond their scope. Mm -hmm. And so you want it to be something that's manageable, given your reality and given your skill set and given your resources that you have available. And I think one time, I'm trying to think, I feel like we gave, this might an example we gave in the book or in one of our talks like if you're somebody who is uh, an accountant and you're in the middle of tax season yeah and you're already uh, and you're also a caregiver maybe to an a, an ailing parent that would not be the time to pay to take on this either large-scale organizing project or um make the system complicated like if you're doing a paper management system it would not be the time to have this very complicated system you're going to want to have a system that supports you in your reality at the time hmm. right yeah. and when we talk about measurable it's also it's like how will you know you've succeeded hmm. that's really what is being asked you know yeah and yeah. i want to be organized well how will you know that you've achieved that yeah so if you're I talking think... about bill paying it might be i know i have achieved that because i will go month after month after month without incurring any late fees because I'm paying my bills on time. Yeah. If it has to do with, you know, creating, using Marie's example, it might be, I'll know because all of my stuff has a home to return to and there's no clutter on my dressers. That was an example she gave as well. And in the closets, my space is able to accommodate the things that I have and I'm able to access them easily and without stress. And that's how, you know, again, it has to be something that's, that's, measurable yeah and i think that, again and that's mm -hmm. also goal setting is part of a whole other chapter that's an, another one of the principles right you know we started with the vision right and then goal setting and all of that um yeah. has to do with the first principle which yeah. also talks about planning to fail and setting up accountability and having support things like right. that. right yeah i think that you're you're suggesting a lot of interesting things which is one that it's not just a one-time process it requires a lot of discussion first of all you know the person themselves as you said before you know it's not it's not just the what do you want to do it's why do you want to do it so that you, so that you can set up a sustainable process that it's, it's like once you get organized like it's going to have dis get disorganized if you don't have an idea about why you're doing it and what your goals are long term and how you're going to interact with other people i think that you know one of the things that you mentioned at the very beginning uh, about you know your own uh, lives personal lives when, with your careers and your children is that um <laughs> 
everything gets organized until you have children. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that um, one of the things that that you folks have talked about, which um, is sort of the natural process of disorganization because life comes up. And uh, you've mentioned to me that that one of the things um, that you've encountered with clients now uh, that came out of the pandemic mm. was what we call, what you call situational clutter, which is, you know, you were organized and then, then you had to work from home. You were organized at work, but now you're working at home with your kids once again in a way that you were not expecting. So, how do you deal with the situational clutter? And 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 before actually we get deeply into that, Emory, you were talking before with me about just what the impact of clutter. If you know the clutter will happen, so if you don't handle it, what happens? What is the impact of of, of being a cluttered life? Well, I think that again ties back to the question of why we called the book Beyond Tidy, hmm. you know, particularly like we really did not like that word and we had to be creative in hmm. how we incorporated it into the title. And that just came apart. Again, we looked at our own, we looked at our own material and said, okay, what it is. And organizing is about knowing what you have and where to find it when you need it. And it's about how the Organizing systems and the layout of your cabinets and your drawers and your closets support your goals and the way that you want to show up in the world. Because our home environment, and this ties into what you were talking about during the pandemic, it impacts us far beyond what the eye can see. It's not just about that. It, it, it impacts our confidence, our self-efficacy, how we show up in the world, how reliable we are, how we perceive ourselves, how others perceive us. It affects our relationships, how we communicate, right? It influences how we spend our time and our money. And it profoundly impacts our levels of stress, anxiety, creativity, productivity, willpower, hope, optimism, how we regulate our emotions, all of that. It impacts us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And that's why we kept saying, my goodness, it goes so far beyond tidy <laughs> so that's you know that's how that came to be and also our clients trust us with so much more than their physical belongings mm -hmm. they're trusting us with their feelings with their emotions their insecurities their secrets they're trusting us with the things that make them feel the most vulnerable mm. and we don't take that for granted at all so it's not like oh you just uh, we're just going to go in and we're going to tidy up your space and we're going to make everything look neat and we're going to walk away because that's not going to help them. Mm. They have to understand that organizing is about mindset and behavior and the ways in which you use them. And so, you know, the eight principles work together as a system and it allows us to say okay, here's the here's the system where is there a break in the system? Are we starting in, you know, Marie can speak to this. We talk about levels of education and she can talk mm -hmm. about this. You know, are you in kindergarten? Are you a little bit further along? Are you in, in, in college? Wherever you are, we're going to meet you and we're going to take you to the next level. But right. by doing it in terms of principles and as a system, we can say, okay, well, where are the kinks in the system? It might only be one kink or we might be starting at the beginning and either way, it's fine. Mm -hmm. We're going to meet you where you are and we've got you. But it, it makes it easier for us to assess and then to support them. Yeah. Marie, pick up from there. Well, I mean, I, I just thinking, I'm just thinking of like, you know, a, a few recent uh, sessions that we've had with people and tying it back to like the 
emotions that people have, like it's really deep within them because a lot of it is that they feel like they're out of control and they're trying to rein it in and understand or really, they really, they don't really understand why they can't control it. Um, and they, and this is where they become very um, emotional and they get frustrated um, with themselves and perhaps with other people. And, you know, I mean, there's plenty of reasons why people become disorganized, even if they were, you know, at one point, you know, they, there could have been changes going on in their life. Like Amory mentioned earlier about, you know, having to all of a sudden now take in, you know, an elderly parent who needs care or any, any person that's in their family who they're taking in. Uh, they may have, um, you know, lost their job or they've decided to retire and now they're coming up with all these other emotions. Um, you know, maybe they had a career where, you know, now they're working from home, like you mentioned, Ron, you know, with the pandemic, that was a big thing, you know. Um, and for some, it might just be that they've downsized from a larger home to a small home, or because they, you know, the most recent, like, you know, again, taking care of other people that, you know, it becomes something where, you know, if they're not only trying to get their own life in order, but now they have someone else that they need to get their life in order and do double time with, with them, you know? Um, so it can become very frustrating and very upsetting because they just don't know how to get control of the whole thing. And a lot of times we'll sit there and, and give them that space and that time to break down. I mean, sometimes they do, they just cry or, you know, they, they just, have to let that release, you know, happen before they can actually move on, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and, and we, we try to, you know, get them right back on the horse again, you know, and be like, yeah. all right, th this is what the reality is. These are some of your obstacles. So let's try to do it little by little. Everyone thinks that they can try, like I mentioned earlier, to get everything done in one step or in one time frame, and really understanding how long the project may take is something to plan with our principles, you know? So one of the first things we'll say is, all right, well, you know, yes, you have the whole house that you want to do, but what specifically will impact your life right away? You know, what room or what space will impact your life right away that'll make you feel like you can gain control? And, you know, with knowing, understanding that it's not going to happen all in one day. If you've lived in your home for 20 plus years, you know, and all that clutter or, or your disorganization, it may not even just be clutter, it might be minor clutter, it might be disorganization to some degree. But maybe, you know, again, it's not something that can happen overnight. If you've had that, all those things going on for the last 20 years, now it's like, all right, let's rein it in, let's just start small, you yeah. know, so, so that's one of the things that we'll talk about is all right, well, what are some specific things that you'd want to tackle and mm -hmm. which ones, again, going back to the smart concept, right, of goal setting, you know, what is it that you need to do, you know, right now? Is it because you have a family member that's going to be visiting at the end of the month and you need that spare bedroom that's been filled to the top with like clothes and extra stuff, like almost like your, you know, your, your, you know, your go-to closet or your go-to room, you know, that becomes like the catch-all for everything. Well, if that's your reality where you have a month to have to do all that, well, then that's the room that you want to focus on, not your other things that are more visible because right. you need to have someone stay with you, 
you know, so that's going to be something that we're going to talk to them about as being one of the principles, you know, again, as part of the goal setting process. Yeah. So there, your principles are there. Some of them are, are they're very pragmatic and I guess mm-hmm. they, they are sort of specific. So um, I, I think, you know, when you say that, for example, you know, uh, place like with like, you know, um, uh, basically what stays and what goes, I mean, these, you know, there, and, you know, there, there are certain principles that I think a lot of people like, like when I, you know, was decluttering um, uh, my mom's house with my brothers, you know, so it's of all this stuff, right. So, we had the three piled, you know, principle. All right, the stuff we keep, this is personal. Uh, this stuff we donate, you know, this stuff we throw away, you know. But but I think what you're pointing to though is is a lot of the emotional components of this that that people. I think what stops people from getting organized are some of the things that you've mentioned. So the feeling that I don't want people to come in and organize me because I'll feel judged, I'll mm-hmm. feel vulnerable. I'll feel bad, you know, I'll feel embarrassed, you know, like, oh my God, people come in and they, you know, it's sort of like, you know, the people, you know, my mother, I remember when she would, um, you know, um, hire, you know, cleaning uh, person to come in and clean, she'd like clean up beforehand, right? Because she didn't want them to think it was that, that messy. Um, but, uh, you know, so it, it's a lot of things emotionally that you deal, that's, that's part of this process and I'm glad you're bringing up. Um, so we, 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 we're going to come up with another break, um, and we, but we still have a lot more to talk about in our final segment. Um, so uh, we'll be talking about some, uh, some of you know, our more specific principles, some of the ways you can start small, uh, a little bit more about um, uh, how to reorganize when you get disorganized um, and, and uh, be resilient in the process. Um, so folks, um, when we come back, we'll be talking much more with Anne-Marie Brogan and Marie Limpert. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Every conversation we have with the people in our lives is part of a relationship with them. From coworkers and bosses to spouses, kids and parents to your favorite cashier at the grocery store, the path a relationship takes can have many twists and turns. The Relationship Road Trip, hosted by Dr. Don Azevedo, is here to provide a roadmap for your relationships. The Relationship Road Trip, Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with professional organizers Anne-Marie Brogan and Marie Limpert, the co-authors of Beyond Tidy, Declutter Your Mind, and Discover the Magic of Organized Living. Um now, we, we have a lot more to talk about in our last break, and we, we probably, uh, I could already see that we're going to invite them back for another show, yeah. probably at the beginning of the year when we're all trying to get reorganized again. Uh, but but before we dive back into the some of our, our issues, um, I just wanted to make sure that um, um, I, I uh, provide to you or let them provide you with information about how to get in touch with them, you know, about, about because they, they have a book, uh, they have a website. So talk about, you know, your website a bit. Uh, what resources there are there? If you have any upcoming uh, webinar events, because it's a national show, so people can can find you virtually. So let's start with just what what's your website and what what do you have there for the people? Okay, so our website is organizemeny.com. Uh, you need to put the ny in there because otherwise you'll find some other organized uh, me company. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's www.organizemeny.com. We do have Facebook. We do have Instagram. We have YouTube channels. uh, We have newsletters that go out. If you do subscribe to our mailing list and we don't really do promotional things, uh, you know, if maybe one a year, but really it's, it's a, it's a lot more of resources that are given. And uh, you know, Amory does a lot of the newsletter um, and we do have presentations that we offer the public that are free. We get sponsored by companies um, and also nonprofit organizations. Uh, we have a lot of library programs that we do um, that are virtual, mostly virtual. Um, some are in person if they're local. We happen to be doing um, one this evening. And um, essentially, we have four different presentations that we talk about and they're all stemming from the book and from our teachings right and you can find all this on your website right they can find the yes. events listed there yes Good. and Good. links to our social media most our social media is at organize me ny okay great it's universal across the board great okay but yeah once so, you're on the website you can get into all those vehicles right Good. 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 thanks for that so um in our last uh minutes uh i want to just you know see if there are some takeaways we can give people in terms of um you know uh, getting started i mean i think that that's or or small small things that uh you know what i call sort of micro benefits how can people get started or things that they um you know I, you you mentioned me once these just the, the importance of finishing a task you know things like that i mean for me i these are these are important things because uh, i'm a writer and so that's one of the things like finish finish <laughs> it's time to finish um and, and of course my my issue is uh paper you know and and your 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 principles work with that like what and and i don't like letting go of paper and it's like but you better <laughs> because and you know where to put the paper once you you know you filed it and how do you find the files 
So I think all of these things are really relevant, you know, no matter what kinds of organizing you need. Um, so any any thoughts on, you know, uh, the small things people can start with that would add up as uh, micro benefits? So one of the first things is after deciding what space you want to do, uh, I mm-hmm. mean, actually the very beginning would be asking yourself, are you willing to change your behavior in order to move forward? So that's mm. a really deep provoking concept because once you've committed to that, then the rest of it is kind of like, all right, let's, these are the steps. So you mentioned earlier about when, you know, you were tackling your, or you are tackling your mom's house Mm -hmm. um, and you have your three piles of, you know, what to keep that's personal, what you're going to donate, what you're going to throw out or, or sell or whatever it might be. Um, Before you even get to that, a lot of decisions need to be made. Really. It's, I should say it's hard to make those decisions without really sorting. So that's a big thing where, you know, again, if we were going to, you know, go back to like the bedroom example, um, a lot of it is taking inventory of what you have mm-hmm. before you can decide whether or not you want to let it go, donate it, throw it out, sell it or keep it, you know, um, because a lot of times people don't realize that they have things in multiple areas of their home that might really belong in one space, you know, so actually tying there's there's two principles that are that are key that we always that we always always um, really start as our basic thing and that's sorting through our belong sorting through your belongings to group like with like and then creating associations between your things and where they live. So this is actually part of the presentation that we're going to do tonight, which mm. is our, we take our eight principles and we kind of narrow it down to the five basic ones that can be really digestible. Um, and Amory usually talks about the sorting one. So I'm going to hand that one over to you, Amory, and then I'll <laughs> okay. finish up with the creating associations. Well, I'm just going to build upon what you said. I mean, very often people have the same category of item, the same item or category of items in multiple places throughout the home. And so they lose track of what they have. And that leads to a lot of different things that impact us. So that leads to a lot of overbuying, replacing things that you already own because you can't find it. Because you you look in one place and you don't have it, you don't realize you have five others in a different place and you can't keep track of it. And so, like, again, getting back to the sorting process, you need to know what categories exist. And then do those categories live anywhere else in your home? And then you bring it together. So the sorting pro- the sorting principle, we call it the helping principle because it supports the others. Mm. It supports the decision-making process by allowing you to make an informed choice you know, you're not going to panic and hold on to something because you think, oh, my goodness, do I only have the one? No, you have 10. So now we could say, OK, well, which ones are not working anymore or don't look nice anymore or don't fit me anymore? You know, if you have 10 black shirts, you're going to be willing to maybe get rid of some of them. And by the way, you don't have to get rid of anything. That's that's a myth that we would like to dispel. Professional organizers don't want you to throw out everything that you own. If you have enough room to house your stuff and you're not stressed out by your stuff and you can get it easily, you don't have to throw out anything. But if you come to us and you tell us you want to create this for yourself, we want this space to be a communal space where we entertain and have company and right now we can't even walk in that space, then we're going to say, okay, well, we need to find out what's here. So the sorting process supports decision-making. And it also supports later on the management of space because you want to store categories together. 
items in the same category together. And then Marie would talk about, again, creating that strong association. It's to make your life easier. The principles work together to create beautiful organizing systems that help make your life easier so that you don't spend a lot of time and energy trying to find something or spend a lot of money replacing stuff that you already own. Yeah. I think for some people too, it's like they they have to know themselves and where and where they realize that they are supporting the clutter. So for instance, for some people having surfaces all over their homes ends up being like a catch-all. For others having um you know, maybe tops on, on bins or tops on top of like organizing systems that they, they like actual containers that they have, they find that they're not opening it to actually put things inside. So understanding like where your um, own deficiencies may lie, um, we're going to try to work with that. So I'm just trying to give like an example that maybe everyone can relate to, mm-hmm. you know, typically counters in a kitchen or on a dining room table end up being like the clutter zone. The kitchen especially is, you know, the center of the home. And it's like everybody, as they come in, they just kind of put things down and they don't really go and put them in their homes immediately. And what people don't realize is, is that when they do that, they may say, oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to do it later. You know, uh, you know, and, and what happens is, is that as they keep doing that, they end up building what we call for now clutter. So they're like, oh, I'm going to put this down here for now because I have to make dinner. Or I'm going to put this here for now because I have to go pick up my child, you know, rather than doing it in the moment. What tends to happen is then there ends up being a buildup of that for now. So a kitchen counter might end up being an eclectic thing, you know, a, a, a clutter eclectic, I guess I could call mm-hmm. it, of different things. Um, so... If we were to take that pile and say, okay, let's sort this pile now. Let's put all of the, I'm just going to, I'm just saying things off the top of my head of what might be there. Uh, Let's put all of the papers together. Let's put all of the office supplies together. Let's put all of the food together. Anything that needs to laundry or, or clothing, let's put that together. So when you start, when you start sorting that space these categories that we mentioned earlier, just organically, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, created, you know, they emerge, you know, so then from there, you can kind of decide, okay, well, where else in the home do I have all these supplies? Or where can these supplies really live? Like, if there's a home already, then let's just put them back into their home. You know, if there isn't a home, then it's like, all right, well, let's decide where the it where it needs to be in the home. You know, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of that, too, is just, again, it goes back to the planning or it goes back to the structure of managing. Another principle is managing your space so you can manage your inventory. So unless you can manage that space and really come up with, you know, the sorting first and really decide what these, you know, what these categories are and decide, well, what is it that I need from this category? You'd be surprised at how much of it might be broken how much of it might be garbage, how much of it might not even belong to you that might mm-hmm. belong to someone else out of your home, you know, and then you're really left with like this small little thing, you know, and mm-hmm. it makes it more manageable because now you've broken it down and mm-hmm. we'll apply these principles to any space, any room. We'll do it with a garage. We'll do it with paper. 
because mm-hmm. there's different categories that might come up with people's home papers. Now you're a writer, so it's a little bit more specific. So we would have to get into your specific categories that might come up that might be different than someone else's paperwork, you right. know, yeah. the average person. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we just have a couple minutes left. So I wanted to get some closing thoughts from Anne-Marie uh, uh, before we end and plan for our next program. <laughs> I love the sound of that. In thinking about the people who come to us, there's a a lot of um, negative emotions that are tied Mm -hmm. to feeling disorganized. And so, again, we come to the process with no judgment. We come with a lot of compassion and empathy. And we also believe in people's resourcefulness. We don't think that people need to be fixed. We just think that people need to learn skills. And organizing skills are teachable and learnable. And that's the great news. Mm -hmm. So what we do is, again, like Marie just said, making it more manageable. That's what we do. We make the process more manageable so that we can balance the emotional part of it with rational thought. And again, the less energy that you deplete on things like that, the more you have for better decision making. And then it's not as stressful. And then all of a sudden, you know, as we keep the positive emotions going, it's like things become possible, hope increases, optimism increases, and you start to see organized living supports me. Mm. You know, it's it's a way to support me and my specific goals. And anybody can move from the level they're at to the next level. Yeah, I think that's really important. I'm glad you put it that way, because I think that, well, one of the things that I've noticed personally is that uh, how much energy is lost when we get disorganized, how much time I spend looking for things like, where did I put that? I know I put it somewhere, you know, and so having, you know, you know, homes for things. Um, and, and also, I guess, uh, for me personally, just, um, the, you know, the usage comes in to me. So, you know, do you have a place for things that you use and, and often versus things you don't use often? You don't want to throw them away, but they don't have to be in front of you. They don't have to be on that kitchen, you know, counter, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not, you only use it once a month. So put it in a place where you know where it is, but it doesn't clutter up, you know, when you come up, um, you know, come, come into the house and, and that's the first thing you see. So, well, thank you so much, folks. I really appreciate this conversation. As I said before, I'm sure we'll have you back with many more questions. Um, and if people have questions for them, you can, you can email, you can email them at what, uh, info at organize me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you could uh, email me if you want to, me to pass along questions. Um, I'm at um, ron.roel at gmail.com. So uh, folks, um, if you missed my conversation today with Anne-Marie and Marie, you can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com on for search for 45 forward or go to my Royal resources website and click on the 45 forward uh, tab. Uh, join me next week, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking with David Newman, the owner of popdoc.com, an innovative online resource to help individuals take charge of their joint health, which is a key to staying healthy, alleviating pain, and avoiding the risk of injury. So until then, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
We wish you a great week.